Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. All right, we have a very special episode of Birth Mother Matters in Adoption today, and I'm very excited because this is my favorite person on the planet. She pretty much has to be because she's my wife, and so I'm very pleased to uh, introduce to you Lisa Simpson, the attorney for Building Arizona Families, you do most, if not all, their legal work. Is that correct? That is correct. Now, how long have you been in the field of adoption? I've been in the field of adoption for 28 years now. 19 of those years was working for a sole practitioner adoption attorney as her paralegal. And then the last nine years, I have been licensed here in the state of Arizona as an attorney running my own firm. And about, what, seven years with Building Arizona Families now? I've been with Building Arizona Families since 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. So 10 years with Building Arizona Families, and obviously the numbers don't add up because you said you've been working in the adoption field for 28 years, and you're obviously about 29 years old by the looks of you. (laughs) Thank you, Ron. That's that's correct. I started very young. <laughs> Obviously. All right. So tell me, what is something that adoptive parents should know about the legal side of adoption? Well, the legal side is just as important as the social service side of it. The two go hand in hand and without each to complement each other, I don't think you could have a successful adoption. What are some of the uh, pitfalls of being an adoptive parent and the legal aspect of it? What can happen if you don't do this properly? Well, the ultimate, the adoption could disrupt. And sadly to say, they could have a child taken away from them. Now, have you seen that where an adoptive family has possession of a child, I guess you would say? They came back and say the birth father, the birth mother, or somebody else said, no, this wasn't legally performed correctly and we've got to take the child from you? Or There have been some instances that I have seen where that has happened because the adoption was not in compliance with the laws. Can you say why? I mean, what laws were incorrectly performed? Or Well, in one circumstance, the notice of adoption that was given to a birth father was not done in compliance with the law. It did not have the proper wording. And that one 
thing that some people would think is is not a big issue with regards to the wording of a document was ultimately the one thing that caused the disruption in the adoption. So it's very serious, obviously. You know, you need to get all your legal documents in order and, you know, perfectly worded, which a lot of that is boilerplate, I'm sure. But, you know, you got to make sure all your ducks are in a row or you could have some real trouble and, and the whole adoption could fall through. That's correct. And while there may be some aspect that's boilerplate language, the other aspect always depends on it. It, it always is a case by case basis that ultimately uh, needs to be taken into consideration when you do work on those documents. And we have a very hands-on approach with building Arizona families, which I love, by the way. Um, I know a lot of agencies may not have such a hands-on approach, and, and sometimes they, they do suffer. Um, I, there's other agencies that I have seen that, that aren't in compliance with certain things or they have the bare bones minimum compliance that could still get them in, in trouble. Uh, our approach, as I said, is very hands-on. We do everything from all the preparation of the documents used by Building Arizona families, and that's everything from their contracts to assisting with their policy manuals to assisting with the everyday paperwork that's associated with adoption cases. We also work with them with the security measures to make sure that they do the best they can to eliminate cybersecurity issues. Uh, our job essentially is to keep them from having to be involved in a lawsuit against them. And that's my main, main focus with them. And our work with them is never done. It's constantly changing as times change then or circumstances that we have encountered come up then we have to adapt to the changes in the industry. And so there may be constant, there, there is, I should say, not maybe, but there's constant updating of their documents, constant updating of their contracts that they enter into, updates that are required for the documents specific to cases. So it's always an ongoing relationship mm -hmm. that we have with the agency. Well, like I've talked about uh, with Kelly in the past is as soon as you say, I've seen it all, I've seen everything, nothing could surprise me. That's when something comes up and surprises you and changes the whole way you do things because you have to watch out for that the next time. That is correct. And you would think after 28 years that I have seen it all, <laughs> but to everybody's you know surprise, I there are still situations that are new that we do encounter that I find myself saying, I can't believe this is the first time I've seen this after 28 years. And that's exactly what we do is we go back in and we adapt and we make changes pursuant to whatever new situation that we have account encountered. All right. Well, this podcast, we talk to this, you know, the listeners are most often they're either adoptive parents or birth mothers and birth fathers who are thinking about adoption. What would you tell to birth mothers and birth fathers who are thinking about uh, placing their child for adoption as far as the legal aspects of what to expect for them? First of all, do your research. Make sure that you are working with a well-established agency or private attorney Make sure that they do follow the statutes. You can look the statutes up yourself online 
in the Arizona legislative website to get those statutes and you want to make sure that whatever agency or attorney you're working with follows those statutes. Now specifically when it comes to birth fathers, does that seem to be the most perilous aspect of adoption? Is, you know, because a lot of these birth mothers, there's multiple birth potential birth fathers. And so, you know, one of them could come back and say, wait, I, I don't want my child going somewhere else. My mom wants to raise it or I want to raise it. Is that kind of a perilous situation? It can be. And again, the, you know, the biggest thing is essentially the birth fathers are entitled to due process rights, mm -hmm. which essentially everybody, anybody entering into a legal case is entitled to due process rights, which is the right to have notice and an opportunity to be heard. And so that's essentially what we're doing with these potential birth fathers is giving them the right to receive notice and the opportunity to be heard. Uh, it's very important to make sure that every single potential father is involved in the process and has those rights. And that is where it can be complicated. And that's where it, it does take a lot of combined legal and social service expertise we work together hand in hand. The agency does the interviewing of the birth mom, makes sure that the information is correct. We, on the other hand, make sure it's consistent, make sure that it matches up with any earlier facts that she's given us. And we, at that point, determine if uh, we're gonna need an investigator and to what point we need an investigator. We work hand in hand on making sure that anything submitted by the investigator is, is legally compliant and proper and make sure that proper due diligence is done. We make sure that the birth fathers are properly served, again, pursuant to the statutes. That's the nice thing about adoption law is it, it is statutory law. And so it's, it's very easy to follow. Well, I do want to state that we are specifically talking about Arizona law. Laws across the country differ. Maybe some are similar, maybe some are the same, but we're specifically talking about Arizona law here. Now, some of the birth mothers may not know, for instance, the birth father uh, there's sex workers or, you know, some random night that maybe they there was something happened and they don't know who the father is. What do you do to pursue that in that case? We refer to them as John Doe's. They're still entitled to notice and an opportunity to be heard. And so there's different ways to achieve that. Uh, most of the time, 99% of the time, if we cannot locate them or establish their identity, it is service via a publication to a John Doe is who we refer to them. And you mentioned as far as uh, that we're dealing strictly with Arizona law, mm -hmm. um, actually in there, there are interstate cases and on the interstate cases, it actually is a uh, interplay possibly of both Arizona law and that state's laws. That's another thing that is very important that we do is we uh, have to make sure that the laws of in interstate adoptions, we have to make sure that the laws are compatible and they're the, the big ticket items where we need to make sure that the laws are compatible are laws regarding living expenses, laws regarding termination of the birth parents rights, even more specifically the birth father. Mm -hmm how that's going to be accomplished. 
who's going to do the termination of parental rights, uh, post-adoption communication issues. We check and make sure that those are compatible as well. And so, uh, and issues regarding uh, agency fees and expenses and approval of those. So there's some big ticket items that we have to make sure is going to be compatible and that we're going to be able to work with another state. Now, have you ever had, to, speaking of, it's not really interstate in the same way, but have you ever had to serve birth fathers out of state or even out of the country? Yes, actually, both out of state and out of the country, and there are different, even even that, even though it's it's the same process for that they still have to have a notice and opportunity, uh-huh. it's different legally how it's done, and so even Arizona under the rules of civil procedure, there's different laws for serving out of state as opposed to serving in state and out of the country which is that that's very legally intensive if you have if you're working with a state that deals with the Hague convention of service then it it can it that's a whole new ball game so what would you like to tell the listeners out there just go ahead and extemporaneously talk about what you feel they need to know most about the legal process of adoption i will tell you that there is a lot of paperwork that's involved and not to be intimidated or put off by the amount of paperwork that is involved. For instance, the adoption contract that an adoptive family signs, I know the last time I looked, it's it's up to 21 pages long. Wow. It's a very long contract, but it's for the protection, not only of the agency, but for the protection of the adoptive family. Mm-hmm. It explains the risks involved in the adoption. It explains what happens if there is a disruption. It goes into specific detail for how much that they are going to be financially responsible for, what they're going to be financially responsible for, uh, what additional circumstances could come up. We try and include so much information in there, again, so that these families know what they're getting into before they sign the dotted line. Same on the other hand for the birth parents. There's a lot of paperwork that's involved. And it begins with their engagement letter, their service agreement, I should call it, with the adoption agency. Mm-hmm. And again, it's several pages long, but it's there for their protection. And then we have follow-up paperwork after the intake for a birth parent. Then we have follow-up paperwork that is is pre-birth paperwork that needs to be done. And then after the birth, there, there's consent paperwork that needs to mm-hmm. be done. And there is a lot of paperwork. And I that's what's involved. If you're going to do an adoption properly and in compliance with the laws, there's just no getting around it. That's There's a great deal of, of amount of paperwork that's involved. But again, it's there for their protection. So please don't get offended or, or put off by it or intimidated by it. It will all be explained to you by the adoption case managers and I'm happy to explain documents as well. And sometimes when the adoption case managers have had an, an issue where they where it's not coming across clear, then they'll get me on the phone and I'll help to explain it as well. We're all here to work together and cooperatively to help. And I think that's what it boils down to when, you know, this whole episode, it can be intimidating just like when you're buying a car or buying a house 
there is a lot of legal paperwork to go through and it is all important and it's important that all the information on this paperwork is correct but it's just there for your protection it's not like they're trying to secretly stick something in that paperwork to get you in the end it's nothing like that it's very important that uh, you protect yourself and that's what this all does that is correct well Lisa thank you so much I do have one final question and I know the answer to this because I am married to you but is it true that you did adoption paperwork for a dog I actually did <laughs> our uh, one of our dogs that we adopted together our little rescue, one, one of our three rescue dogs who we love dearly, the veterinarian that had her had called us, as you remember, right. our, our little Maggie Simpson, <laughs> <laughs> part of the Simpson family. And uh, I didn't want anything happening there as well. And so I threw up an adoption contract. Because you wanted to protect all parties involved. Exactly. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112 or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth, Mother Matters, and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth, Mother Matters, and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.